Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Bring On The Reviews podcast, where if you want it, review it. This is the glorious return to the podcast. It's been almost four years. Um, actually, no, it's been longer than four years. Uh, four and a half, actually. But think about it. It's been since March of 2019. It's been a good while since I actually did this podcast. And I, I, I need to come back. Um, it's one of the things where um, it's been such a long time. And everybody's been asking me from people at work to folks... Um, they used to listen to it all the time. So I decided I, I should come back. It, it's been a while. Uh, I haven't not watched movies. I just haven't done the podcast because, of course, the pandemic happened. And um, and after a while, it's, it's one of the things where it's it took a while for me to come back to it in general. But I'm here. I'm definitely here. I, I decided to come back because of, actually, funny enough, <laughs> listen to Seth Meyers and the... Family Trips podcast, and something inside me is like, oh, I should be back doing this. It just, it feels like I can do it again. I definitely can, and I've been talking about it for a long time, of returning back to the realm of podcasting and just, just give my thoughts in general. I think it's one of the things where I haven't left the bug. It's still there. It's, it's still a point where I watch movies every single weekend, so here i'm back so that being said um and of course the strike's over of course um so i think i should be back doing all this again so let's get right into it so a couple movie news things here um first thing being the question of is there superhero fatigue and when i think about this it's definitely a a a big question, of course, because we've been having movies since 2020, no, sorry, 2001 or so? Actually, no, 2007 is the actually when the first couple movies came out. Um, is there fatigue? It's been almost about to be, in the next couple of years, 20 years or so of comic book movies, um, question at the box office. Some better than others, of course, definitely. Um, and of course, Marvel's definitely been doing their thing, and DC's been trying, definitely been trying. Um, do I think though that there's superhero fatigue? I'll say no. I, I say that right now, MCU has made it to the point where, and, and no fault to a lot of people, that's their own. I think it comes down to leadership and the pumping out of materials. That they do every single year. I think now that the old boss is back, I think it's gonna be a better product that comes out. That's no longer we need four to five projects per year. They're gonna slow down to maybe one to two, maybe tops three per year. That's even three is kind of much, but things like one to two projects per year, which is probably the best thing they can do when it comes down to the movie aspect of superhero genre. Um, is there a lot of material out there? Yes, I think there is. But I think uh, when you look at movies, especially comic book movies, I prefer quality over quantity. Uh, make sure a movie is top-notch rather than coming out every single two or so months. Because um, at the end of the day, I prefer having something that is watchable rather than something that came out subpar and now 
you have questions like this where it's like, oh, is it over now or something like that? So yeah, I think in the end, end run, um, you can have awesome movies that come out. You see DC's now rebooting their universe with James Gunn at the helm, basically, which should be amazing. So it'd be kind of great to see what they come up with and what new stories they could tell and and the fact that they have rebooted, which comic books does every so often anyway, which you need it. I, I think right now the MCU in general should do a reboot too. I think they need to reset, reboot, um, and just tell a different story. Uh, I love how the DC Universe's the new 52 came out. Um, with Marvel, same thing happened as well, I believe. Um, there was reboots here and there, different characters come back, different other, other, other stories being told. I think, are, are there any different things they can put out with Marvel? Yes, I believe so. Um, so hopefully they can do something in the future. But I can say though, it doesn't have to be Marvel and DC. It could be other platforms out there. Like I would love to see different studios bring up different properties that are not as well known. So I think in general, if you have a, a movie that is a movie first, then worry about your superhero-ness later, I think that's the best form of content in general. I still think to this day, my favorite movie uh, for the MCU, and probably in general, is Captain America Winter Soldier. And not because of the Captain America movie, because that character is a pretty fine character. I think the reason why it's my favorite movie uh, from the MCU in general is that it was a spy thriller first and comic book movie later. Um, it thread comic book themes into the spy movie, which I think that's probably my best genre is spy. Um, what comes down to it. So when you have that go there, it's probably the best thing you can do when it comes down to your comic book movies in general. Let's think about any other Marvel movie that they have out there and see which one's the best ones out there. I think the better ones were the ones that had thought about their content and then wove into the mystical, mystical or whatever um, Marvel through line that was there. Um, so I think that's what you should do. Um, the reason why the Christopher Nolan movies are so awesome and amazing is because he worried about the content first. And of course, there's Batman in there, of course. But it's not like, oh, it's a Batman movie first and then content afterwards. I think that's where you do fall off and where you do have these instances where folks are like, oh, I'm kind of fatigued of this whole thing. But in general, do I think they keep on going for years to come? I think so, too. Uh, I think um, there's plenty of information out there. There's plenty of comics to comic books to actually adapt. There's plenty of characters that are out there that are amazing that they haven't really adapted yet. I think there's many things that can um, go over in both Marvel and DC in general, uh, especially now that you have the Invincible coming out too uh, for Amazon in general. You see that, it's like, oh, this is kind of amazing. And that's only the tipping point of what you can do for this comic genre in general. Um, and just let you know that people love to see it. Um, if you have your characters that are relatable, you keep on going. Um, there's no stopping that in general. So I think, yeah, is there 
is there a comic book fatigue, comic book superhero movie fatigue? I don't think there is. I think the fatigue is when you put out subpar, um, subpar movies. That's what happens basically. So if you increase the, um, the quality of it, I don't think there's going to be any reason or rhyme why I would stop doing any comic book movies in the future. But yeah, tell me what you thought about it um, in the comments down below. Uh, let me know. And um, let's go to the next one. So recently, a lot of um, markets has been talking about the recent um, conversations with Marvel and the Fantastic Four movie. And uh, the forerunner right now for the Mr. Fantastic Reed Richards is Pedro Pascal. There have been conversations with him. Um, not sure if they're going to go with him at the end because he's a pretty busy guy right now at this point in time. But there's quite a bit of conversations going around which makes you think he's possibly going to be the next Reed Richards. Do I think it's a good choice? I'm going to say this. Yes, no, maybe so. Uh, I think, um, yes, as an awesome actor, He's been crushing it this last past year, just in general, with any kind of role he comes up with, um, comes to basically. He's been crushing it really easily and hand, handle with this kind of thing. Um, no, my no would be because of his age. I think, um, when you think about Reed Richards, of course, I want someone that's a little bit tenured, but at the same time, I also want to think about what the MCU's been doing the last past couple of years, or in just in general, what they've worked and been working for them is to lock people down for a decent amount of time. Um, so you think about it, Robert Dine Jr., Chris Evans, um, Chris Hemsworth, um, those folks, you normally see them locked down for a good, you know, 10, maybe 15 years, depends on who it is, um, but definitely 10 um, for their main stars. And I would imagine for the Fantastic Four, you want to lock them down for at least 15 years because that is the first Marvel family. So you want to lock them down for a good bit of time. So if you think about that character, I would want someone to be not in his late 40s because right now he is 48. And they're supposed to be shooting this probably, well, starting to shoot everything by 2024. So... By the time this movie comes out, slash, he's still recording or still shooting, it will be 50 years old. That's kind of old. I'm not going to lie. Um, I'm all appreciative of folks lending their awesome abilities. But I think he's a little bit over the cusp of what you want for uh, a franchise person at this present moment of time. Maybe if it was like 10 years ago, I would definitely say, yeah, go for him. He's definitely amazing. He's in that age range where you could grow up with him, slash, he could carry it on for a good while, and towards the end of the of the run, he could go to the Illuminati stage. That'd be perfectly and and pretty awesome for it. But when you look at this, it's like, all right, he's almost fifty. Let's see if they shoot it. Maybe twenty twenty four. It might come out twenty twenty five. Possibly he'll be fifty, fifty one by then. Um. And I continue on the story. This, ah, it's too much for it. And you got to think about the co-stars. So right now, Vanessa Kirby is 
the forerunner for a front runner, actually, for um Sue Storm, which she's 35. So that's a big age difference. Um for my in my point of view. Um that's about 13 years age difference. And they look considerably different in person. Now she puts some makeup on her. You could, of course, you could do all that stuff like that. But yeah, for her, at least, you could keep her on for 15 years. It'd be perfectly fine because by the time then, she'd be 50. And that's in a range where you're, you're, you're solid. And then, of course, um, Joseph Quinn is supposed to be Johnny Storm, which he was in the Stranger Things um, TV show. So it's, he's 29. It's in a range of, yeah, you could grow up with him and keep a 15 year kind of run and it'll be perfectly fine as well. So when, when I think about it, I would like my Reed Richards to be around the same age as um, Vanessa, which is in her mid thirties. And that's, that's a good range to be then because by time then, as I said before, you can grow with them and it wouldn't be at the point where now you're, at a stage where it's like, all right, you gotta push forward the story even faster. Especially now where we're trying to think about more quality over quantity. So him being on a screen, it might happen over a couple movies, or it might be the point where you need to make sure that he's young for the future. If you're not young for the future, then it's like, all right, your Reed Richards is in the seventies or whatever have you, which and uh, I, don't, I don't see it. I really don't see it. Um, so yeah, it, this not my choice. But if I did have a person to choose, I would choose um, a, a young actor, youngish actor, um, kind of. He's thirty five years old as well. Um, his name is Reggae John Page, which he was in the Bridgerton um, TV series, which was amazing in general. And then, of course, he's in the, the recent Dungeons and Dragons as well. So when you see him, you definitely see the, the, the stature, um, African American man, which I'm perfectly fine with. He, he does not have to be a white guy. Um, all you have to do is make sure that your character looks smart, could portray smart, not a bad looking person, and, you know, could lead a franchise, basically. And I think he can. Uh, it's one of the points where you see him and it's like, yeah, he's a pretty nice young, young man. And the, when we speak and it's like, you could, you could see himself carry himself well. And this stuff looks awesome for us, for him in general. So I, I wouldn't mind that. I wouldn't mind that. Um, that age range, they're both 35. Uh, again, like I say, he take it to 50. He could put some little gray hairs on as well. He'd be perfectly fine for it. Um, and then if you want to pick a person that is around his age for Ben Grimm, you can do Alden um, Eckenreich, I believe how you say his name. The guy who played um, the Han Solo in the Solo movies. I think that's a perfect character as well, just because you're able to keep them both in the same age range, and they don't look too far from each other. If you do a Doctor Doom, you can do a Doctor Doom that's like 37. So at least for that one, he's in a range where... He's going to be 52 at the end, which is perfectly fine. Um, but if you do someone that's right now in mid 40s slash end of 40s, oh, and why is the end? Late 40s. Uh, I feel like it's, you limit yourself too much, especially that depends on who they are. Their schedule might be hard to get 
get through. Um, the MCU schedule might be hard to place as well just because you're trying to keep forward with the story and get, get there. So if I had to pick someone, it would be someone that's from 35 to the max 40 years old. Um, I think that's about the highest I would go is 40. Cause at least that way, it'll help other, other folks that might think that 35 might be too young, which I'm like, no, oh, 35 could be perfectly fine. If you want to have, have the kids as well, you can have it where the kids are like seven. Um, that's perfectly fine for a 35 year old. Yeah. It's perfectly, perfectly okay with that number there. Plus, you know, college years, they're together with Sue Storm and Reed Richards. It's perfectly fine. Uh, it all depends on what story the MCU is going to go with. So I would say, for me myself, I would pick someone that's between 35 to 40 years old. And that will definitely hold me over because you keep them for a long period of time. But I've thought about this quite a bit. Uh, what is your thoughts? Let me know down below. Um, who would you like to see as Reed Richards, Sue Storm, Johnny Storm, and Ben Grimm? Um, we'll keep Doom out for, for now, but those main four, who would you like to see as your, your top four selections? And, um, and what would you like to see the storyline be for this MCU first family? So the next thing up here is, the upcoming live-action Zelda movie, which is pretty amazing. Um, since the success of the Mario movie did so well, um, I think this is the perfect transition to go for it. Would I want to see a a Donkey Kong movie? Uh, kind of, but no. Uh, I think Zelda is probably the next best best choice, just because Zelda is amazing. Um, character a link is link is awesome as well um they've both been around since 1976 i believe so it's one of the things where it's like oh yeah it's it's the next platform you can well next platform uh, next group you can um put in a rendition of uh, if it wasn't them that it'd probably be metroid that'd probably be my next thought when it comes down to it especially that this uh space theme with that one uh, for for zelda this is perfectly fine plus you have a strong woman character that is a princess slash queen um, you could put out there. So I wouldn't mind seeing um, a Zelda movie that's live action, kind of the same as the recent Mario Brothers movie. Um, Story-wise, what would they cover? I'm not really sure. It depends on what they want to do and how they want to portray both characters. Because if you want to lean on the same way how you did with the Mario Brothers movie, then you might want to change a couple things around, move, move a couple stories in there and, and make her the, the forefront. Definitely. Cause a lot of movies, it's mostly Link that you're controlling of and that he's doing most of the, the actual story itself. So it depends on how you want to go with it. You can, you can easily be adaptable. And I know they've been working on this for quite some time now. So it'd be kind of cool to see what they do come up with and really showcase what they can do with a different platform that a lot of people do know, but is not as well known as the Mario Brothers, which everyone knows, um, just in general, or Mario Brothers. I, I, funny enough, <laughs> someone actually, um, I can't remember who it was. Someone was like, oh, you said Mario? And I was like, yeah, Mario. I said, oh, it's Mario. And I was like, okay, cool, potato, potato kind of thing. Um, 
But yes, the brothers comes down to it. Yeah, yeah. It all depends on where to go. It all depends on where to go. I think it should be awesome. A cool thing would be though in the future is to have a Smash Brothers live action movie. That'd be pretty dope. I can see it's like a nice little Fight Club kind of thing happening, uh, just because that's just an amazing movie. I mean, it's just an amazing video game in general. So I can't wait to see something like that come to the big screen, which I imagine it would eventually go that route after you do, of course, um, Zelda right now, go to Metroid, um, probably Donkey Kong a little bit. And then, um, what would I, who else would I do? Really? Now I think about it. Um, cause you already have Sonic. That's in there already, which is not really a Nintendo, but, um, I always think Sonic and Mario together for some reason. Um, who else would you do? Got those two characters. Um, maybe a Luigi one, self, self-contained Luigi one, like Luigi's Mansion. That's just done pretty well. Maybe Kirby could do that too. That'd be a, a nice little adventure to do as well. Um, those are the main ones, really. That comes to mind. Maybe a Ness one, you know, the Earthbound. Kind of, kind of cool, kind of dope. I remember, um, my brother used to, my older brother used to have, um, Earthbound, and he used to play that all the time. Oh, man. And I used to never understood what the game's about, uh, and I used to get confused every time, and never touched the system, because back then, there was no autosave or whatever have you. It's just, you keep the TV on, or keep the TV off, keep the system on, and you go from there. And it's a crazy m- amount of time, but, um, yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing that Earthbound as well. Get a little nest going on. But yes, I digress. This this section's a little shorter because um yeah, this should go with the, the movie. This this go with that one. That'd be perfectly fine. And then um last but not least, I do have um one trailer I want to talk about, which is um anyone but you trailer. This one came across my my, my doorstep because I love Glenn, Glenn Powell and of course love uh, Sydney Sweeney. So seeing them in a movie together, definitely a, 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 a great thing to have, basically. So when I saw this trailer, this trailer had quite a bit of charisma. I'm not going to lie. Was it the groundbreaking movie concept? No. Um, it's in general, you, you, you've seen it before. It's super cliche. You see where um, Glenn's character has a girl that is his ex, whatever have you. And then um, Sydney's character has an ex as well. They both try to get back at them slash, not get back with, get back with them. And of course, you know, they come together to you know, help them out basically in general. So seeing that is, it's just the typical cliche rom-com where, you know, they're going to be fake. They're going to have a fake love together to get the other folks, um, very much jealous. And then somewhere in between the movie slash end movie, they're going to fall in love with each other. I feel like that's going to happen. If that doesn't happen, I'll be surprised. Um, but I'll hold my breath because at the end of the day, it's one of the things where this movie screams cliche. But uh, I do think for these movies, whenever you have the uh, two main stars that have charisma, like how they've seen so far in this trailer... I kind of want to see it. I want to see exactly where it goes. Um, and then what exactly they play off of. Um, so it should be cool. Uh, I can't wait. I give this one thumbs up. Um, definitely a good little 
little rom-com movie to watch, like a little Saturday afternoon kind of thing. Um, so definitely check that trailer out when you have the time. It's called Anyone But You. So this is the end of the episode. You can find other episodes of the Bring On The Reviews podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook and Tumblr at Bring On Reviews. And also on Twitter at Bring On Reviews. No the in that one. Use the hashtag Bring On Reviews for any comments you might have, some personal reviews, and suggestions you might ask, have as well. Um, you can visit our website, which is bringonreviews.com, for any movie reviews and this podcast you actually listen to. Um, you can also email us at um, info at bringonreviews.com for any questions, inquiries you might have. Thinking about reviewing a movie, love watching TV shows, then you should definitely join a team. Um, email me there and with the subject line of I want to join the review team and I'll let you know. Also, you can find me on all social media at Dwight Antc. That's D-W-I-G-H-T-A-N-T-C. Again, that's D-W-I-G-H-T-A-N-T-C. And you can email me also at dc at bringonthereviews.com. And we'll catch you reviewers next time.